Hey everyone, welcome to 4Star Radio. This is your host Matt Adamchak, owner and head coach of 4Star Strike. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you do, please take a second to subscribe. And here you go. Hey everyone, welcome back to 4Star Radio. This is Matt Adamchak, coach and owner of 4Star Strength. I'm here today with Kevin Doherty out of Hassle Free Barbell Club. Kevin, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Uh, a little late, so I apologize, but I'm 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 happy to be doing this. <clears throat> Good. Luckily, with podcasts, nobody knows what time you were supposed to be on because they could be listening to that at 2 a.m. So not a problem at all. Let's uh, go ahead and kind of get started. I think the biggest thing, Kevin, is most people on this side of the country, unless they've been in the sport for a while, they don't know the amazing things that are going out in California. Uh, what you're doing out there with hassle free. Also, I think one of the other things is like. Senior lifters tend to just watch senior lifters, so they may not know the up-and-comers coming up in the sport because it's not on their radar, so to say. So uh, why don't you give us a story of who you are, what you're doing out there? Uh, Well, I mean, this is my 18th spring at Lincoln High School in San Francisco. It's a big, comprehensive uh, public high school. There's 2,000 kids, Um, and... uh, you know, I coach football and I coach track and field and I got started because I was coming to help one of my football coach buddies after four years at my alma mater where they thought we were doing too much weightlifting. So coincidentally, the, the beginning of January, I always wear our first uh, football section championship ring. Um, so I'm sitting in the weight room right now. There's about 625 square feet, not very big. Um, and I'm actually looking at a picture of David Garcia at the Arnold in 2015, and um, it's kind of like full circle, right? Because David Garcia is married now, and, and he lifts uh, for Juggernaut, and Max is doing a great job. But David Garcia was the first group of freshmen that I coached for football uh, in the summer of 2003. Um, and when I got here in January of 2003, my job was basically to – uh, as a volunteer, um, build uh, a, a weight room program uh, for my buddy, Coach Frigno, who's the head of the P department. And um, there was nothing. So we just, they had this wonderful strip of sidewalk underneath the visitor's bleachers. And it was like an epiphany to me. I was like, I'm not even dealing with going inside. We're just going to set up platforms outside in one big row and we're going to teach the kids how to lift like that. We have the advantage of being in California. It never rains, right? <laughs> or at least anymore. It was literally like the school was built in the 60s, uh, at least the, the football field side was. And it was like a beautiful walkway. You could walk from the sidewalk into the school property up a couple, you know, a couple of flights of steps. And it was literally a, a flat, beautiful, concrete place. There just happened to be visitors bleachers over the top of it. Yeah, see, that's perfect. I I broke my wipers today scraping snow off my car, so I, that's just where you're at in California versus where I'm yeah. at. <laughs> so, rain or shine. So we did our first spring out there. I was lucky enough to be able to, like, volunteer teach. I don't know how I did it, but I ended up with, like, 45 kids in seventh period PE. And I, uh, you know, I ended up, like, just starting to coach and, like, getting, you know, whatever, fingerprinted and all that good stuff. And then uh, in the summer, we ran this thing called Jump Camp where we taught kids how to lift and run. And David Garcia walked in, 
and uh, skinny little 150 pound kid. And um, we had a group of moderately athletic guys with some good bodies um, to start JV football with. And it was kind of like this awesome progression where the first year I was coaching, we like were six and one and finished second on the JVs. And then David Garcia's uh, second year, um, we went seven and zero oh and won the JV championship. And then that was the year that we went to school age. That was like 2005. And so I'm looking at the 2005 school age picture. It's like David Garcia and JC Meltiongson and, and Philippe Lewis. And those guys were all football guys, but they were all really good weightlifters. You know, uh, JC Tiongson beat Jared Fleming at his first, he was our first national champion, like a year nice. and a half in. And, uh, the, the, the really cool thing is I'm sitting here now. We have 20 platforms outside, uh, new field, new track. Uh, no more underneath the bleachers because it's all like coated to perfection. So it's sloped, you know, so it doesn't <laughs> flat. Um, but the parking lot is flat. Perfect. So, you know, I've since gotten a job at the school. It's my 15th year teaching. Um, I teach three academic periods in the morning to help kids go to college. Nice. So all our weightlifters and all our football players and all our track kids apply to college with me. From A to Z, and then I teach two periods, two out of the three weightlifting periods. I'm kind of in the weight room from fourth, fifth, and sixth on. Um, Do you have a background in teaching or, like, a college degree in teaching? Or? No, no, no. So I majored in French and economics. And oh, okay. But I have a teaching credential in French, economics, health, PE, and then this thing called AVID. So I teach AVID. AVID is a national It's a national elective. It's like a G elective for the A through G. And my only job, I have four, like, after I'm done with you, I'm going up with 42 seniors to, um, I'm basically, they're all done applying to college except for a couple private schools. And we're basically getting ready for finishing uh, FAFSA, which is the free application for federal student aid, scholarship, transcript review, you know, all that stuff. I really, really like that. Um, I'm, I'm helping about 60 kids apply to college. And, um, you know, I think... It's kind of developed into a, a little niche, you know, and, and, and I think it, uh, it started with the weightlifters. It started with, um, you know, uh, like David Garcia going to UC Davis, which is a really good school. And, 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 and then Jenny Lamb and Choma, like Choma went to yeah. Berkeley and, and we took. Choma lives here now. Yeah, I know. She's a teacher. She's a, she's she's a principal. To, yeah. <laughs> um, she's a mean one. Yeah, but she's great, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Nothing but love for her. You know, it's, it's, it wasn't always easy, um, because, uh, she was such a strong-willed young woman, but incredibly talented, incredibly, uh, a great competitor, but, and so bright, you know, and I, I, the, the thing I feel good about in that situation with all the kids as they go to college, I really think I give them the straight up, like, this is what's going to be good for weightlifting. And then this is what's going to be good for your life. And sometimes they fit and sometimes they don't, you know, like Choma went to Berkeley, which was really, really good for life. And it was not the greatest for weightlifting, but it was still really good. But she's got a degree from Berkeley in Michigan and she's like, she'll rule the world. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. she's, she's and, awesome. and I learned a lot between her and, and, and this girl, Jenny Lamb, who's now the YMCA uh, liaison here at school and is an early childhood specialist and lives 
uh, she actually lives with me, um, you know, like with, with her boyfriend, Ben, and, and, and we share a house and it works out pretty well. And she's been able to kind of create a life for herself with, through weightlifting, but also through her education. And, 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 and I'm, I'm hoping with the advice that I gave her to, you know, go to San Francisco state and, and save a bunch of money and, and, and so that she wouldn't be in debt and so that she would have some money to start her life with, you know? So I, I kind of see my role 15 years later as like weightlifting coach, but also like, I'm going to have you in class for PE. I'm also going to have you in class for your college and hopefully learn from a lot of my mistakes so they don't make it. And the kids at school are, you know, like Choma's sisters at Princeton, you yeah. know, who wasn't a weightlifter, but she was in my weightlifting class and she was really, really strong. And through all the, the, through all the lessons I learned with that first wave of kids, first two wave of kids, the 2000, the David Garcias and the Chomas, I think I've become a little bit better at managing, you know, what they do after college, after high school. Um, because those two kids were so extraordinary. Um, and, uh, I see a lot of it coming full circle. A lot of my guys on that first team are getting married. Like David got married and Donovan didn't play football here. He played football for my brother, Donovan Ford, yeah. who was coached by Bob Morris, who's, you know, great. Um, he's married now and he has a life. And so I, Donovan and Ariel are good people, good friends of mine. Yeah. So as far as the progression for all the new coaches, it's like I became a volunteer. Then I became a teacher and then we got weightlifting classes and then we had a weightlifting, uh, YMCA program after school that was staffed. So if you want to lift weights, it starts third period. My third period TA or my track guys, they come down and they lift. They have their workout. They follow the workout on the board. Um, they're seniors. Um, they set up all the weight racks. They set up all the weights outside. Fourth period is my weightlifting class. I have like two youth world kids in there, Seth Tom and, uh, Sakodi Manamua. And then, uh, actually, and then Salome Manamua. And then, and then, and then fifth period is like football weightlifting with the head football coach. So I got, I have a couple kids in there that sneak over and just work out inside with me on my prep period when I'm around. And then sixth period is, uh, you know, the, the, that's like the, the youth junior world crew, you know, they're all in my sixth grade PE class, a bunch of 4.0 and above really good weightlifters along with, uh, football and track kids. So, and sprinkled within all those periods are older kids that are my TAs that either come to lift or do their college apps. And then, uh, after school, the YMCA program starts and then football practice starts. And then in the spring, it's like track. Uh, so yeah, super, was this, was the school always super supportive? Like obviously California is a different weightlifting scene than uh, than here out east and in the Midwest. But was the yeah. school always just so like uh, promoting and help you get that going, or was there a little bit of resistance, or what's the story there? Because I think that's yeah. one of the issues we deal with here in Michigan. I think I was really really lucky. I, okay. I don't want to sell myself short. I think I did a tremendous amount of work, sweat equity, and you know I basically we basically bought we bought all the weights on our own. Uh, definitely with the PE program supporting it, like the PE program this year bought two women's bars for the squat racks, and then they're buying uh, 10 sets of five kilo plates for the squat, uh, for the squat area outside so that we're all like matching and even and symmetric. And, 
Nice. These two older guys uh, in their six, late 60s, early 70s retired so I could keep my job. And um, ever since I was a PE teacher, we had at least one weightlifting class. So one year I had 100 in weightlifting. So this year I had, there are three classes with about 100 kids um, split up. That's so cool. I always, That's I like always, a weightlifting coach's dream. <laughs> I mean, I, like when Choma was a junior, we had 10 squat racks on the gym floor with the weight room upstairs. Like when Greg filmed his documentary, I had first period weightlifting and then seventh period weightlifting. So first period weightlifting was like the, 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 like the most awesome kids who were really, really good at weightlifting. It was like Choma and then all my football guys. There were like three guys cleaning like over 130 kilos. And that was first period weightlifting. And then like a division one basketball player was, you know, a girl who went to Long Beach State. Like, it was just like at 730 in the morning. And then now it's transitioned to we're downstairs on the ground floor. The weight room is right next to the boys locker room. It's right next to where the girls change to go and play sports in the South Gym, right, which is the boys gym. But the girls practice here because it's a bigger gym. Um, so I basically see anybody who's either on. The basketball team, the soccer team, the football team, the track team, anybody who's like coming in to turn a physical, anybody who's coming in to buy a Gatorade, I see them because the door to the outside is about 20 feet uh, to the door to the weight room. So, you know, I, it, it happens because I'm a teacher. Yeah. I mean, that's the only uh, – and then I'm, I have a lot of help and a lot of volunteers and a lot of people from the YMCA. But um, – you know, it it wouldn't happen if I wasn't a teacher at the school. Yeah, I think I think that's one of the the ins I've been looking for myself because I grew up here in Livonia and this is where my gym is now. And I've like reached out, reached out, reached out to like the ads for the high schools, and I really want to work with the kids here. And I've offered like free services to be blunt, like just get your athletes in my gym, and I'll I'll make your athletes stronger, faster, bigger, and everyone will be a winner. But uh. I think it's just I don't have, like, that teacher buy-in yet where, like, one of the teachers at the school is, like, a big invested weightlifter or crossfitter. And once once we get that, I think we'll see a little bit of a shift in Michigan. I think I think you can't expect the kids to come to you. Yeah. I think if you want to coach anybody, if anybody wants to coach kids, they need to go and volunteer at the school. Yeah, and that's one of those uphill battles because then it, it becomes like the school board letting us in or letting us drop barbells and stuff like that. So well, I mean, you just we're figuring it, it out. You bit you 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 buddy up with the football coach. You start with football because football is still like usually the P guy is the football guy, and and then if the P guy's on board, then the school gets on board. You know, so yeah. And and, and and since I work at school, like we basically have a community use permit which is a big pain in the butt, and I'm always getting in, in, in some type of heat about, like, you know, like, I didn't have the right days permitted and this and that, but since I'm a teacher, it's like, I'm 99% pretty good about it. Um, we, I rent, our club, our LLC, rents the weight room out from 3.30 to 8 p.m. so that anybody in the community can come and train for free. Oh, nice. So, you know, yesterday... um we had kids that were in fourth grade and we had moms and dads. Nice. So we had, you know, that's where all we get all the little 10 year olds. They just, they, they just come, come in. They come in as families and siblings. We, and I'm, think, always, I'm always asking. The West Side that you grow them. 
we think are growing them in a field out there in Silicon Valley, and that's yeah. just where they come from. You know, I'm I'm really lucky, but I have a lot of help, and um, you know, like days like today, I'm I don't you know I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. It's like um, track is great. We have 160 people on the list, you know, but I'm tracking down the 80 that missed, you know, and then and then layer that with football and then layer that with like, you know, I do have we're lucky enough to have some kids that are pretty high level lifters trying to get them ready for juniors. And then we have kids that are hurt and trying to get them, you know, that's the hardest part, you know, like one of our best youth lifters has a like UCL strain and we're just trying to like manage that and, 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 and support her while all her friends are like, you know, busting through these workouts and, um, and then trying to manage the 10 year olds that come in and then the college kids who are training for, you know, the collegiate, which is the same as the juniors. So it's all the same time now. You know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's not a self-running machine, but I think um, I was uh, I was. But the processes in place to help with that. Yeah, I mean, I did very little coaching yesterday. I saw like Haley Trin's our best lifter right now. She's 15, and she's the one that's like making progress and has a chance to make a team. And because Julia's hurt, amazing athlete, right? Like, but so I saw Julia. I saw two sets of Julia's squats, and I saw maybe three sets of Haley's cleans, and then like three sets of some of the two collegiate girls cleans. And then I got a text message video from, from my two other collegiate kids. Like I, I basically saw maybe 12 real reps because I'm like in, in and out, like, because my weightlifting class is inside and outside. And, 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 um, but I think, I think that that makes me enjoy sitting down in the chair sometimes when there's nothing else and just watching people lift. And that usually happens in the summer while we get ready for youth nationals. And that's usually when we get our new kids. So yeah. I'm pushing all year round so that I could have, uh, let's say, eight weeks of weightlifting coaching. And I'm pushing to just get people in the door. All the track kids know how to clean. All the tra- all the football kids know how to clean and squat. And, and yesterday we did our second day of the semester. We did snatch, push, press, plus overhead squat. And surprisingly, everybody, everybody in my weightlifting class bought in and did it. So, because we don't do snatches very much in the first semester. We go over overhead squat and snatch balance. But since it's uh, football season, we really focus on cleaning up the, uh, the, the positions in the clean, like making sure that they're proper so they're not hurting themselves, and really focusing on uh, keeping, keeping uh, them in like a long strength phase with their squats and their pulls, like basically yeah. doing separate the whole year. Yeah, it's smart. Like doing squats again, sets of three. I'm like, yes. And until we stop, until we, we're 25 and one in the last two years. Jeez. Yeah. That's and, exceptional. <laughs> and we won two state championships. So it's like, and with regular guys, with kids that didn't play football, you know, we're not like the De La Salle because they're division one, but like they put us in the appropriate division and our kids, yeah. our kids don't get hurt. And, um, you know, Sakoti Manimua was my left guard. He was six foot one, 285 pounds, and he clean and jerks 145. Well, that's the key, right? Like, kids, kids need to be healthy and strong, and then they'll do the rest on their own. If they're healthy and feel good about themselves physically, they'll feel good about themselves mentally, and then it's just let them, let them go excel versus the, you know, 
pushing them yeah. and grinding them the wrong way, which I think happens a lot at that age group. Yeah. Um, so it's, um, you know, that kind of tran- kind of translates into the second thing I think you want to talk about, which was kind of guiding people as they get older, right? So, yeah. So the benefit, and uh, I, I credit the D'Angelo Osorio, David Garcia, Choma group. So David Garcia was like the first wave. He graduated Lincoln High School in 2008. Um, D'Angelo, Jenny, Lamb, and Choma. Choma was kind of like so good. She was half between the first wave and the second wave, if that makes sense. Like she went from Youth Worlds in 2009 to Senior Worlds in 2011, right? So really, really quick ascent because she was so incredibly strong and, and such a great competitor, you know? Um, and, uh, so those were the kids that helped me manage what to do for college. Um, David went to UC Davis where I went to school, but coincidentally was next to Sacramento high school where my brother coached. So he, he was kind of like, and I, it was organic. I didn't tell him, Hey, go to Davis cause Phil's there. Uh, Paul's there. Um, and Donovan's there, uh, cause Donovan is a year behind David. Uh, and then with D'Angelo, it was, he wasn't going to college and he was just lifting. And, um, you know, I'll be forever indebted to Zygmunt Small Church because he took Choma, he took D'Angelo, he took, um, David, at, you know, after college and obviously took Donovan under his wing and, and, really did uh, 90% of the coaching. And during that period between 2011 and 2014, so through the Olympic cycle of 2012 with Choma and through the injuries with David and Donovan, that's when I kind of like honed in on, okay, this is how I'm going to, be able to push weightlifting, there'll be two branches. There'll be the elite OTC branch, and then there'll be, you know, uh, for lack of a better term, like the junior world team branch at Lincoln High School. Um, Because we would only be able to keep one or two weightlifters in college. So Mm -hmm. Jenny Lamb made a junior world team just training at Lincoln. Uh, Megan Seeger went to San Francisco State, made a junior world team, just training at Lincoln. And then we started getting younger kids, right? Like somebody like Seth Tom, who's been lifting for 10 years. He started yeah. with eight. He's graduating this year. He has a 4.0. So, and Seth Tom has had my weightlifting class every single year and is applying to college in my class right now. So, and I'm trying to get him to go to Menlo so he can get out of the gym and get like weightlifting <laughs> scholarship. So he yeah. can still lift weights in college without without feeling he's in high school. And then all the people in between, you know. Yeah, I think you just have, like, a crazy lineage of just not – and it's it's honestly – it's one of those things that you see that other side of coaching. We talk a lot as coaches of, like, you're a mentor, you're a mentor, you're a mentor. Like, you're doing that to a T. You're like, all right, guys, weightlifting's great, but there's there's more that I want you to achieve for yourself. Obviously, I'm a coach. I'm I'm greedy to a degree of like, yeah, I want you to keep weightlifting, but you're also not letting in a mirage of being ignorant that there's not another life out there, and ensuring that they get good college, they have a good education, they're going to have a safe, you know, financial structure when they're done with high school. Yeah, I think, I, mean, awesome I, think, I think the thing is like, put them in a position where they'll never be poor. Yeah, even if 
even if you're doing it, maybe not in the most uh, organized or, or transparent way, right? So Choma's a really good example. We went, she was so great about advocating for herself. She bugged me. She's like, coach, you got to take me to Berkeley. You got to take me to Berkeley. So we went, we finally like went and just got in the car and went to Berkeley. And we told the coach, we're like, you know what? We're going to take the financial aid. We're trying to go to the Olympics. Well, yeah. you know, you know, and, 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 and I didn't want her. I wanted her to be able to make choices. Obviously I wanted her to make choices so she could be a weightlifter. But I also like in hindsight, like I didn't want them to control the narrative because she had to go and like do some 7 a.m. practice because she was going to indoor nationals. So it was maybe not motivated like purely for for like higher education because it was like she was going to do it. I I had no doubt that she was going to like finish school and do all that. It was more of like a strategic financial ploy because when she was. When she was done with her with her four years of financial aid, uh, her merit-based financial aid, she was able to use a year of track scholarship to finish her stuff. Um, and I learned a lot through Choma, you know, being such a good advocate, which helped me with Jenny, Arthur, you know, because yeah. um, that was more of like strategic life slash pick the right path to try to go to the Olympics help. Um and it really started when we went to Junior Worlds in 2011 with Choma and like six other team team members from Hassle Free, like Ian Wilson and and Say Vang and 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 guys like that. I think we had six kids on the Junior World team, you know, that year. Um, it was like for 2011 to 2014, I could help Jenny, but only at national meets. And then 2014, it kind of like. No, two, after 2014, where she, she had lifted poorly in, in two senior world championships. She had won a medal in the junior worlds in, in 2013 and then, you know, went two for six in 2013 and 14 at the senior worlds. Mm-hmm. When we got news that the, 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 the senior worlds were going to be in Houston, because in 2014, I went to go help Donovan, David, and Choma. And in 2014, I went to go help D'Angelo. So that was all, but I never got to be in the back room with Jenny. So I told Jenny, I was like, you got to switch me to coach number one because Zygmunt's always going to be there because he's the resident coach, but I can't help you. And, and for some, I, I don't know how, I can't remember the specifics. She, you know, she basically put me down to coach number one and then I was able to coach at the 2015 world championships and basically communicate to USA weightlifting and Peter Roselli at the time that Jenny Arthur has a better chance to go to the Olympics if she's a 75. And she was like, did you crunch numbers on that and figure that out and predict it? Or did you just look at her body, her performance and recorded history of when she was at certain weights and how she performed? Jenny Arthur would go five for six at every national meet that I was around at because we didn't worry about her weight class. So she was a junior American record holder in the 69s and the 75s. Yep. And Zygmunt would always make the decision to go down because it was like, well, we can look the same numbers we can as a 75, as a 69, and possibly be in the A session. Yeah. Whereas the numbers, nobody really looked at the numbers um, in the next weight class above and realized that the same numbers place you higher. So for me, it was about placement because that was going to help you to go to the Olympics. But placement also helped your funding. 
Yeah, that's a huge right? one. And so it's happened twice now with Jenny. So 2015, she locks up going to the Olympics as a 75 because she lifted as a 75 trying to qualify for senior worlds because she had just had knee surgery. Right? Yeah. So she lifted lights out in 2015 because she moved up a weight class and, and felt good. And, and, you know, like I'm going to give myself a little bit of credit. It's the first international meet I was able to be in the back room where in, in, infuse this like uh for lack of a better term like high school collegiate energy where she was used to having me back there yeah it's just a teamwork vibe it's a it's a good feeling you're with not your friends but similar feeling right you're like i'm comfortable zigman could coach and i could just be on the cards yeah the same thing happened at the at the olympics she wasn't in great shape and zigman just let me deal with the cards and i changed some attempts and changed some openers because i wanted to make sure she totaled and and the reason we went to the 75s is because she could basically lock up her Olympic spot and then, um, and then just basically prove that she was still healthy. I think she got, I think she had surgery like after the 2015 Worlds. And what surgery was it just for the listeners? Like a knee. She had like some serious tendonitis in her knee. So I think she got a little like knee, uh. They go in and clean it up or what? Yeah. yeah. So she had to basically. That's why she didn't really have the legs she needed to have at the Olympics. Gotcha. Because um, she made 135, and then 141 would have been a PR, but she rushed it because she didn't have that confidence in her legs, whereas the last couple of years, she's crushed the cleans. Um, and up until 2019, she's she's wavered on the jerk, but her legs have always been there because she's a little bit heavier now. And then I'm convinced that since she... You know, at the Pan Ams, uh, she was a 76 to help us with Roby, but then she looked over. She's like, it's time to go up again, right? And I was like, yeah, I've been, I've been waiting for you to say that for six <laughs> yeah. months because we got a chance to win. People, the Olympics are great. Don't get me wrong. Like, definitely trying to strategize. Even this week, she sent me a couple text messages about what weight class should be at the Arnold and this and that and that. And I'm like, you know what? We're trying to win medals. They can't take medals away from you, ever. Right. So she's won a, she's, she's won a medal or had the medal on the bar. She's won medals over the last, you know, four years at the Pan Ams or the Worlds. Yeah. But she's had the gold medal on the bar for three straight world championships. And, um, when she made the clean and jerk this past year, that was a gold medal clean and jerk until, uh, I think the girl from Ecuador had, you know, a phenomenal attempt. No, yeah. it was Columbia. Lady Solis, I think. Lady Solis did it. I think. And it that was, was a, a great battle. Watching oh, that battle was fantastic. And I didn't feel bad that we had lost. I was just ecstatic that we won a medal. I'm like, Jenny, nobody can ever take this away. And this is why we went up. Yeah. And then we got to go up to the 87s uh, uh, for the Olympics, you know, and that's going to be pretty complicated because I think people are going to try to play the math game and, and weigh 8101. And, and, oh, yeah. They're already starting. They're already starting. Yeah, so it's like, Jenny, just try to do, try to do 110 and 145 and prove to everybody you got an actual shot winning the medals because you've already been to the Olympics. So the only reason to go to another Olympics is to set yourself up for life as a two-time Olympian. Mm-hmm. Um, she's getting handsomely paid by USA Weightlifting. USA Weightlifting is doing a great job of like supporting their high-level athletes and, and, and doing their best they can. I really, really believe that Phil and Mike and 
and, uh, and, and Lorene and the main office are really, you know, just my email exchanges about, you know, stipend this, stipend that. What do I got to do for this? What do I got to do for that? And yeah, they do a good job of communicating all that. And it's definitely better than it's been in the past. Jenny's never going to be poor. So it's always been great with, um, you know, Norik's her boyfriend and fiance now. And, you know, he's always trusted me with, with certain decisions. And, um, the, the number one thing is her health. Um, David Garcia, Donovan, and Ian Wilson have all had pretty big injuries, and I feel really terrible about that. Every time one of the guys or girls gets hurt, it just crushes me. Yeah, just like, I, I relate on that. I think every coach relates on that. In the so of- as long as Jenny stays healthy and is in one piece after this 2020 cycle, and she can look back and be like, you know what? I did everything I could to manage my body weight, my health, and she looks great. So, like, you know, if she's 83 kilos, lifted 83 kilos. You're a grown woman. Don't t- You know, grown women don't need to be told what to weigh. Um, and lift at the body weight that's going to make sense, obviously strategically, but where you're going to feel good. You know, so with somebody like Nini, right? Nini's a super heavyweight. She's 110 kilos. She's never going to be 140. She's never going to win a medal at the world championships. She's never going to win a medal at the Olympics. She's not big enough, but she looks like a million dollars at 110. She's happy. She's comfortable. And my, my, my thing with her is just let's try to be as healthy as we can through 2020 and then take a break. Let that body just recover. Um, and same thing with Jenny. After 2020 stuff, take a break. If you want to ha- get yeah. married, obviously get married. Like if you want to lift again, lift again. If you want to retire, retire. But be healthy, but you know, body, mind, and spirit, and 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 be in a position where you're never going to be poor. You know, and uh, and that takes away a lot of the stress. You know, no, that's all good. I think I think that's super important. Also, what you're saying. Hopefully, coaches listen to that. It's like it's it's okay to take a break. Like I think a I lot of I need a break. I'm taking a break after <laughs> national. Yeah, I think I think I athletes do. I feel like I'm 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 like grasping at all threads sometimes, and I'm just really really lucky that the kids are really self motivated. Like literally yesterday, I got I drove home. I was texting my friend Robert Earwicker. I'm like I'm lucky if I saw like I was telling you before ten good reps. Yeah, but a hundred and twenty people. No. 90 kids lifted in PE, 30 kids lifted after school, and 30 kids lifted after school outside. So 150 people did the clean or snatch progression yesterday. Yeah. Well, it's it's like, so I have a military background. It's it's the same. We see the same thing in the military. It's like you you love being in the trenches. You love being in combat. You love going to all the shooting exercises, all that stuff. But the higher ranking you get or the more responsibilities you bring on, you see less and less of that, but it also teaches you to appreciate, like, man, I'm X rank and I never get out in the field, but I get to go out in the field with guys now, and this is fun, this is exciting. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, it just flip-flops, but it's it's good to see and look at what you've accomplished and gone back. Yes. All uh, right, so we're re- real quick, we're going to yeah. do my top, uh, you wanted suggestions for youth? Yeah, so to close this out, because I know you're running short on time, um, we're definitely going to need to do another podcast because I just have like a million questions now. Um, the, the top three, you recommend the coaches that are working with you, the top three things you're going to advise these coaches do. Okay. Um, 
emphasis on the teaching progression. Um, having three simple workouts basically until they get to high school and can handle something a little bit more complicated. So drilling the teaching progression. I should be able to walk into this weight room and know what workout my 10-year-old kid is doing because there's only three of them. There's a clean progression, there's a snatch progression, and then there's a there's a strength and overhead progression. So if I see a kid doing clean from the mid, I know he's doing I know he's doing workout 1. All right? So I can so simplicity in progression um number two, make sure that they are having fun when they compete. Doesn't mean it's silly willy, but that they know that there's a competition and that the competitions are fun. So we okay. always give kids extra attempts at our mock meets. We always, you know, let them take lifts one kilo or half a kilo at a time until they miss. Um and and number three, um, Make sure they're playing other sports. Every awesome. weightlifter, awesome. Every, every weightlifter is on the track team. I dig it. If you look they're at the kids, class. the kids who have reached out of a so, the last two things I'll say are the things that we've been able to do at Lincoln High School can be done anywhere in the United States. So you look at the four people that have been to the senior world championships, right? Uh, David Garcia, D'Angelo Sorio, Choma Michi, and Kuanini Manamua. Two men, two women. Yes, mostly 105, both 105 kilo weight class, like heavier guys and heavier girls, which is a whole nother discussion, right? Mm-hmm. Choma was the, was the number two ranked shot putter in the state of California after a year and a half of throwing. She threw 48 feet, 11 inches. David Garcia plays no played nose guard at a hundred and uh seven a hundred and eighty pounds and destroyed people. D'Angelo was a, a shot putter, uh wasn't like super serious, right? But had a thirty seven inch vertical leap. And Kuinini Manamua was shot and disc and played volleyball. Yeah, just they're athletes. Or played softball too. You know, like so um those would be my three. That's awesome, man. And yeah, on, I, on that note, I, I got to run because I got to hit the showers real quick and then go to class. Yeah, you're all good. Um, all right. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, where can people find you on social? Uh, hassle-free BBC on Instagram. Um, I'm old, so I have Facebook. So they can find me, you know, <laughs> Kevin Doherty or Hassle-Free BBC on Facebook. And then I'm a teacher, so they can always, like, uh, find my email. It's... Uh, Doherty, like my last name, the first initial K, the number one, at SFUSD, San Francisco Unified School District. Um, and when all else fails, just uh, either go to the USA Weightlifting website, or probably not because bars is still functioning, <laughs> still working the kinks out. <laughs> just Google just, it, guys. Just Google, Google it. it. And um, my phone number's out there. I've had the same phone number for, for 20 years since I've been back from college, so... Text Perfect. me, call me, come by the gym. That's the best way to find me. It's yep. open till eight o'clock every day. Um, you know, you just have to humble yourself when you come in here because the high school kids are probably better. The kids are going to smoke you. Yeah. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you. You get off. You got a job to go do. And, uh, we will talk again, I hope. Thank you. Yeah. No problem. I, I would love to talk again, Mr. Adam Check. I appreciate it, man. All right. Thanks, Gavin. All right.